Welcome to episode three, season two of the Dave Witty Show. I'm your host, Dave Witty. Folks, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Lamb's Rum. Lamb's, one of the top choices for Newfoundlanders who love the authentic smooth taste. Enjoy Lamb's Palm Breeze today with a splash of Coke and Lime Wedge. Or for something different, try Lamb's Spice on its own on the rocks. Lamb's the best choice for hardworking Newfoundlanders. And at a great price, find Lamb's Rum at all of your local NLCs. Well, welcome back, guys. Good to be back. Uh, I want to say a big thanks to my pal, uh, Mr. Rowan Sherlock, for coming on last episode that uh, was great catching up with rowan and uh make sure you do go check out his band i mean they're doing a bunch of gigs over over the patty's day uh, or patty's week kind of thing uh his band is rugged shores and they're uh, they're awesome so make sure you do go check those guys out if you are uh, celebrating saint patrick's day um got another great episode this week mr adam baxter a longtime friend of mine um probably booked me for some of the first shows of my life to be completely honest with you um, when it came to playing bar gigs and, and stuff like that, I mean, we got into a whole lot of that with, with the interview and stuff, but, um, Adam's an awesome guy, music educator, uh, songwriter. He's into all kinds of different things and yeah, he's just, you know, really fun to chat with and was, we had a great conversation. So make sure you do stick around for that chat with Mr. Baxter. Um, Patty's day is on the rise. As I just mentioned, uh, I did a couple gigs last weekend with my pal, Mark Manning, and, uh, got a few more coming up this weekend and on St. Patrick's day itself. You can find me at Kelly's pub on St. Patrick's day and uh, late night with my pal, Mark. So we're doing some gigs there and, um, floating around all weekend doing a few more things. Got a real fun show to announce uh, on April 14th. I'll be doing a solo show with, um, my friend, Mike Bercy, who is an incredible songwriting talent. Um, Myself and him will be sharing the stage, not together. He's going to do an opening set, and I'll, I'll close it off at the ship. That's going to be April 14th, which is Good Thursday. No, Holy Thursday. Good Friday is the day after, but it's a bad Thursday. <laughs> so that'll be a bit of fun, something a little different. Could be a great night to get out and play a few tunes, and, and uh, Holy Thursday is always one of those real fun nights downtown because obviously everybody has the next day off. So uh, keep an eye out for that on all my social media channels. Uh, don't think I'm going to sell any tickets. Think I'm just going to put, you know, a cover charge on the door and, and let it come as, as it is. I mean, that's always a bit of fun to do that. And, um, I mean, it's always still, still a little tricky. I mean, I don't think anything's going to change right now. It looks like we're kind of smooth sailing with lockdowns and stuff like that, but who's to say? So we'll just throw a cover charge on the door and, and pay and, you know, pay as you come in. So, uh, April 14th at the, uh, at the ship with Mr. Mike Bercy. That's real fun. Um, Leafs have been in action, obviously, the last couple weeks, really spiraling out of control. Classic Leafs. Everyone's panicking. The goalies are falling apart. The outdoor game was miserable. Matthews got suspended. Um, it's always interesting being a Leafs fan. It's uh, you, you can't really win. Uh, Matthews got that two-game suspension. Looks like he clapped back a bit and, um, you know, he got the two-game suspension, which is not going to help the team at all especially with the goaltending being so miserable and, and, you know, some injuries there and stuff like that. So um, they got their fifth string goalie going in. Eric Schalgren is starting um, tonight when I'm, I'm recording here on, on Tuesday. Uh, so when you're listening tomorrow, it'll be interesting to see how that game all unfolded. Matthew's obviously out. Tavares is bumped up to the first line. So uh, I'll be tuned in for that one. Hopefully the, the Leafs can get the uh, get her back on the rails here and, and, and finish out strong going into the playoffs. Uh, great news to hear that the Jays are back and, and Major League Baseball, the lockout finally ended. Really happy to hear that. Um, really looking forward to the baseball season this year. I think the Jays have a really, really good chance. And uh, I just loved like a few years ago, I mean, when they went on that big run, I thought it was so exciting. I mean, obviously I'm a diehard Leafs fan, but I love the Jays as well. And uh, they really got a great team in place. The pitching staff looks strong. Um, you know, all of the... The, the, the hitters and the, and the infield positions look great. Looks like they're still trying to add a piece there, which is which is 
interesting to see. A lot of talks of Freddie Freeman and Kyle Schwarber. So it'll uh, be interesting to see what, what happens there and what transpires there. But great to see that the uh, the Jays and the, uh, and, and the baseball season is back. Looks like opening day is going to be April 8th, I believe. So um, I'll be tuning in there and looking forward to a nice, great, big, uh, great, big, long baseball season with the, uh, with the Blue Jays. Uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers re-signed back in Green Bay. Shocking, I know. I don't know what's up with this guy. I mean, I've been an Aaron Rodgers fan my whole life, and feels like the last year he's kind of he doesn't feel like he's the same person to me, and I, it's kind of pissed me off a little bit to be honest with you. But he's back in Green Bay, and I am a Packers fan, so uh, he's definitely our best chance to win. So um, yeah, I guess good to see Rodgers back in the in the green and gold. So uh, Brady came out of retirement. I don't think he actually officially retired, but you know this is not a shock to me as well. I'm not shocked to see. Brady back uh, on the football field this year, um, which is, you know, Tom Brady. I'm not a big fan of Tom Brady, but you can't knock him for what he's after doing in his career. So uh, the Bucks are going to be great again. There's no doubt about that. March Madness is just around the corner. Always a really, really fun time for NCAA college basketball. Uh, love the uh, love the tournament. Uh, probably going to miss a lot of it this weekend, actually, with, uh, with working and stuff like that. But... Um, uh, the first week is always such a blast. I mean, there's so many games and upsets and all that stuff. So I uh, got my bracket filled out, and I'm and, um, looking forward to another great tournament there with um, at the NCAA. Um, I did pitch a little lambs contest last last episode, guys. I had a bunch of entries come in, so thanks to everybody who sent in your entries. I had a bunch of really great ones. I threw it in a random draw generator, and I was uh, came up uh, the winner. So this winner uh, for, for the lambs contest, I put a little package together with a bunch of lamb swag. Uh, the winner is Vicky Foley, and she had her cocktail, the Spicy Bic, which is uh, lamb's spiced rum and pineapple crush. So very authentic to Newfoundland. I love that. Uh, sounds delicious. So um, shoot me an email and um, get in touch with me, and I'll line you up with that package, Vicky. Um, that about does it for me. What's going on in my world, guys? Um I think I did mention that show. Looking forward to getting back out and, and playing some of my songs with uh, with my pal Mike Percy, and um, oh, geez, and, and the COVID, the mask mandate, and all that has ended. So it's it's back to full capacity downtown, which is which is great to see for for booking shows and stuff like that. I mean, you always want to be able to have as many people as you possibly can. So um, yeah, that about does it for me, guys. So with that, I'll flip it over to Mr. Adam Baxter. And I'd like to welcome Mr. Adam Baxter to the podcast. What's going on, Bax? Thanks for joining me today. How you doing, pal? Bro, I'm like feeling pretty cool right now being on your podcast. I had a great <laughs> day here in central Newfoundland. And I'm here talking to my old, old pal, Dave Whitty. So yeah, all is great. Oh, man. Awesome. Happy to hear. What's the weather like out there now? Is there much snow on the ground or? Not much after we had that uh, wind and rain thing, right? So the rain beat the snow down pretty good. Uh, it's a little chilly, but uh, when isn't it a little chilly in March? Yeah, no doubt, no yeah, doubt. Man. I know we were chatting just a little bit before we got going there, and you, you know, you said you had a busy day. I mean, you were teaching all day and doing some lessons as well, and so I do appreciate you taking the time, you know, just to come on and have a little chat. And you know, I, I know you just went through a, a huge, a huge month of February. I do want to get into that, not yeah. not quite right away, because I do want to dig into that a little bit later. But man, what a feat! I mean, that must be feel uh, must feel pretty neat to kind of get that done and over with i bet you that was probably pretty stressful probably towards the middle of it i, I was probably i'd say you're probably kind of looking down the pipe going oh my god or how does that kind of work yeah it's a, it was a huge undertaking right and it was like each kind of like week had its own kind of like mental and emotional hurdles uh but to get it done felt really good and i kind of feel like as a songwriter it's like i'm gonna define myself as a songwriter before and after this whole project 
Right, right, right. Yeah. No, that's really neat. And like I did mention, I, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit later, but sure. I kind of wanted to start off kind of, you know, from not from the beginning of your life. I don't want to talk about you yeah, as a, as a five-year-old. I mean, I'm, but you know, kind of maybe about more so your musical career and, and, yeah. you know, kind of, obviously you grew up in, in Nova Scotia. Uh, you've been in Newfoundland for a number of years now. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, Newfoundland is home now. I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, your folks Definitely. are still back in, in Nova Scotia, but you, you do consider Newfoundland your home. And, um, I, I kind of wanted to like talk about, you know, what was your thought process of, of essentially originally moving to Newfoundland first was it to attend university. Was that the, the whole kind of idea behind it? Well, there's a couple things, right? I, I spent, um, I dabbled my toes like in playing in bands and, and stuff like that back in Nova Scotia. And I really loved, uh, music and, and, and kind of furthering that as far as I could. So I did a couple years at Acadia university studying music. Right. And I realized that I love studying music, but didn't really care for living uh, in Wolfville, Nova Scotia and, and going to Acadia. No discredit to the university. It's a brilliant university. It just wasn't for me at the time in my life. Um, and at the time, I was dating a girl from St. John's uh, who happens to be Pete Susie's niece. And Pete uh -huh. Susie is known as Snook. Snooky, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was... Uh, and I moved here and the family was talking about this celebrity that was in the family. <laughs> and I didn't know, right? And then... They show him on NTV news and I was like, you're like this is? guy. <laughs> yeah. So, but so this was in 2004 when I first relocated or yeah, relocated my life to, uh, to St. John's. The main thing was one moving with that girlfriend. And two, I wanted to study music at Mun cause I heard it had such a, like, I heard the music program was really great, but it wasn't really on everybody's radar. Um, so I wanted to come kind of check it out. I, I auditioned for that before and I didn't get in, but I still made the decision to come in and work towards a second audition. Um, and I had like a, like a backlog of shows and songs written and stuff like that on my own, but I wasn't really pursuing it crazy hard. Um, and I didn't really do pursue music really that intensely um, until about 2005, about a year after living here, I was studying and I had met some friends and I got caught up in the metal scene of all things. And they were really into just putting off shows and had anybody wanting to play it. Um, one of the guys who was a kind of a spearheader of the that scene, Joel Upshaw, uh, had, was starting to do this, this weekly acoustic thing on Monday nights at CBTG's, uh, which was on the deck. I think it's known as Plan B now. And uh, I was living with a guy named Alan Barnes, who was friends with all them. And before the show, the first one they did, they all came over to hang out and talk about what they were going to do with the show. And I was in my room practicing and, and Joel comes in and he was like, it's like, do you want to play one of these next week? And that kind of, it started that. And from there, like, you know, play for every week for months and months and meeting people and having a good time, writing lots of songs. Then after, you know, I'll fast forward a little bit, fast forward probably about six to eight months we decided to move from cbtg's on the deck to distortion but we couldn't get mondays so we got wednesdays and then that was where the epic wednesday thing started and that's where you and i met mm -hmm. was was through me doing that and the epic wednesday thing was just uh what was that 2005 yeah i think if it, it wasn't it could yeah, have been 2006 because I, I graduated in 2005. <laughs> I feel like it would have been the year after that for myself. You might have started it the year before, yeah. but I, I think I might have not have played one maybe until until 2006. But I'm gonna I'm gonna guarantee that you didn't play one until 2006 only because ready for this. 
I know I didn't sign up for MySpace until early 2006. And you initially messaged me about it on MySpace. And on <laughs> MySpace, I remember when you messaged me, the first, I was just thinking about this um, on the drive home. And on your MySpace, I th I'm almost certain that one of your first songs was Elbow Drop and Dracula on it. And I was like, what? Who is this guy? <laughs> right? And Elbow Drop and Dracula getting in touch with me, right? And I was like... Elbow Drop and Dracula is, uh, yeah, that was definitely a song. I mean, it's funny. I actually wrote that song for a school project, man. Yeah, I, I actually, um, that my teacher, I mean, we were supposed to read Dracula and my teacher, Mrs. Wyden, God love her. She was awesome. She, mm -hmm. um, we had to, we had to, we had to uh, um, read Dracula and we had to do this big project and I didn't do any of that. I didn't read it. I just wrote, I wrote Elbow Drop and Dracula and I brought my guitar and I didn't bring a poster board and I just, I said, here's my project on uh, um, uh, on Dracula. And it was a song about elbow dropping Dracula. She's like, pass. Yeah, you got it. Nice and creative. She loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember you told that story a couple of times in shows, and every time it hits good, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was so awesome. And so I guess that's the, the, the Epic Wednesday thing was really a huge thing in my career. Even though it was like in the early days of it, I got to network with people across the country because after a few years of it, you have a Wednesday night show in St. John's and a Wednesday night show in St. John's that has people that show up is like eye candy for people who are booking tours across the country or across the province. They're like, what? I got an off day where I can play to a bunch of people and make some money? Like, sure, let's do it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I networked a lot and I still have a lot of really good friends across the country because of that. And no, I mean, they were very, very, very successful. I mean, I, I took part in a bunch of them and if I wasn't taking part, I was generally hanging out there i mean it was always always a real fun thing to do um yeah. you know and you, you got the network which i always loved i mean especially starting up i mean i probably even took it for granted because i didn't know how much i was learning from those shows or, and the people that i was meeting i didn't even really think about it a whole lot at that point it was just fun to get out and perform but i mean looking back on it it's like I still have friends from those days. I mean, you do as well. And I mean, yeah. like you mentioned, I mean, touring acts that you'd meet that you would have never probably met before and people got involved. And I mean, it was always a great crowd too. It was always like a really nice, you know, it was like his own little community, which was, I love that. I mean, I, I, it was always a, such a blast to play those. I think if someone were to do that now in town, it would like, it would really hit good, right? Someone There's really nowhere really to do that now. I mean, it's so weird. I mean, like the deck doesn't really exist as it did in, in our days. And for anybody who's listening who maybe is confused by the deck, the deck is uh, Holdsworth Court above Shamrock City where the Bull and Barrel is now, you know, the old CBTG's Plan B. But those two spaces where Distortion was and the Levy was, or Roxy's or whatever you wanted to call it. I mean, it had a hundred yeah. different names, but I mean, those two spaces are still vacant. I mean, there's nothing going on in those. And those, those are very special venues i mean to me i mean that's where i learned how to play guitar on a stage and use a microphone like i mean before that i was just playing shed parties or playing in people's basements i mean you, you never ever got a chance to actually perform for people or to talk about songs or talk about your songwriting processes and stuff like that so i mean it's very advantageous to a, a you know a person who was trying to cut into a scene like that you're right i mean if it's too bad there isn't something like that still going on because i think it could be very very beneficial especially to you know to young songwriters in, in the in the city yeah, I mean, uh, as, as you said earlier, I think I think we all kind of took it for granted because we didn't know how special it was. Because in the time, in my thought process, the man, the deck is so great, it's going to be here forever, mm -hmm. right? And I mean, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every bar had music playing. There was 
always like 30 to 100 hands on the deck chilling out. <laughs> I know. And and I mean, the big thing too, I mean, is that it was original music. I mean, yeah, there's a million places in St. John's where you can go hear people play cover songs. I mean, and that is what it is. But I mean, that was a real, real hub for original music up on that deck in those three spaces, four spaces, really. The Bull and Barrel was the same thing. and still is, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I mean, they're holding strong there. It's always great to play up, up, up at the bowl because you do get to, you know, perform a lot of your own stuff, which is different, obviously, in different, different venues. But yeah, you're, you're right, man. I mean, definitely took that for granted for sure. Yeah. And you know what, if, if I, if I could do something somewhat to that capacity here in central, I would do it, but I just don't know how viable it is. Cause I, I just, maybe having a bun, an abundance of artists around is another thing that I definitely took for granted. Right. Because I loved it. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned central, I mean, so, so, you know, after all these years in St. John's and, and, and doing your thing and, you know, attending university and performing solo, I mean, you, you obviously performed solo. I know you had a bunch of different projects on the go throughout the years. I mean, you're in Braveyard. I mean, there was, uh, what, what was the, what was the folk band? Uh, I love the tall name of it. Tale, tall, tall, tall Tales. I love that. Yeah. I, I remember the, my, it was like Tall Tales when it was the full band. And short when, stories, right? When it was me and just the girl, we went by short stories. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man. Uh, it was awesome. It's too, yeah, it's too bad it didn't. I really love that project. I found a bunch of old videos the other day and watched them and messaged them to some people. And it's nice, nice, good vibes from back in the day for sure. Yeah, and always nice to check that stuff out. So, yeah. I mean, you finish up in, in St. John's and, and you make the decision yeah. to move to Central. How, how did that kind of play out in your life? How did that work? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it just kind of like got dropped on me because um, in December 2012, is when I finished my second degree, which was music education, right? Mm -hmm. And so like my plan was, is I was gonna just live in St. John's and get on the sub list and try and wiggle my way into some work, right? Like working in the classroom full time or some replacements just short out of town. I was all for it, right? But um, I finished my internship at Brother Rice. And so that was like mid-December. And I would say January 2nd, I get an email from a guy named Brian Hancock in Springdale at a school called Indian River High and said, hey, um, we're looking for somebody to fill a position for the rest of the year. I, I got your name from the music education department. Would you be interested in just packing up and moving out to Springdale? And the adventure in me right away was like, done. Whatever hoop I got to get to get my certification finalized. I'll graduate uh, from the music ed program in March. Who cares about that? Let's go out and get some work done. And so I got this email on January 2nd and my first day on the job was February 2nd, but it was a snow day. So it was pretty sick. <laughs> no way. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's classic, man. So I just, yeah, I just on, on no notice, just kind of like got the job, quit my job at Boston pizza, gave Epic Wednesday to Matt Hare, I think. And then... Here I am living in Central 10 years, 10 years. Wow. Holy, that's crazy, man. I mean, that must have been quite of, uh, I mean, just to, to kind of pack up and, and go like that. I mean, you had, you'd already done it once. I mean, you'd already moved to Newfoundland. You'd moved to St. John's and you'd made some, you know, pretty strong roots there, I would imagine. But do you think it was because the opportunity came to, to teach, to teach and, and it, it was probably going to be a little tougher to do that in St. John's? I mean, I, I would imagine that must be challenging to get in somewhere because where it is, you know, it's not a niche, you know, uh, subject. I mean, but like, I feel like if you probably teach uh, in another another field, you can probably get in a little bit easier. Whereas music, it's just probably only X amount around, right? Yeah. So like to be, 
like you can teach music if you have the the credentials but with the training that i have it's called like a music specialist Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of like a little bit of head in that line but again there's only a select amount of people who have it so um and i know that 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 pool and that kind of community in saint john's is a it's a little oversaturated at the moment so i definitely thought you know what this is my way to get in because you 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 get in as a as a permanent teacher and then you can the way the the hiring process works is if you're a permanent teacher you kind of get uh you get a little bit of a priority in hiring above people who have like contracts or that are on the sub list and stuff like that so i want to get my foot in the door and my initial plan was sure i'll go to springdale and i'll just keep taking jobs and move closer east so i can get back to st john's but i really loved it out there mm-hmm. i grew up in a small town in nova scotia so i really got that vibe and it was it was quiet it, i wasn't like i wasn't out play over playing gigs that was a, a real uh topic that had come up to me in a lot of music industry conversations like baxter you're playing in st john's way too much i was playing like what three four five sometimes six nights a week um and i loved it right but people were kind of saying you're not doing anything for yourself professionally so i thought maybe this would be a good way to do it but it was the move was incredibly like it was a hard decision like oh yeah i mean like you're gonna make money you're gonna further your career but man i spent a decade living in saint john's making the best friends i'll ever have in my life playing the best shows meeting lots of people hanging out with like you know like people that you grow up kind of hearing about you know like Mm -hmm. all these names you hear on the ecmas like you meet the ennis sisters you meet alan doyle and you're like man this is so sick but Mm -hmm. like i had to move on yeah i mean and i mean that yeah and i mean that obviously would that's a tough decision but the whole time while doing so i mean you kept plugging along at your own career as well as, as a music as a musician, sorry. I mean, yeah. I, th- I know that's obviously a huge number one for you. I mean, you're a music educator, but you're also a musician as well. Yeah. And I was going out through your catalog today. Like, I kind of had this a little bit later in the interview. Like, you have an insane amount of songs. Yeah, well, especially after last month. But um... Well, I, I, I counted, like, just quickly. I mean, I counted over 70 songs, recordings that are just easy accessible. I mean, that you can just go listen to. There's 70 there. I mean including the 28 you did last month. Like one of the questions I wanted to ask you, especially is like, how do you choose what to perform for shows? Like if, when you're going out to do a show, how do you pick and choose from certain different albums or how does that, how does that work for you? Well, I guess it's, um, that's a man. That's a great question. Thank you. Like that's, that's really nice. I guess it's, um, you kind of look at what the gig is. If it's a sit down venue or if it's a bar or you're playing like a party or you're doing like the arts and culture center or anything like that. I just kind of like pick to that, pick to what my voice will suit it for that day. Cause you know, being a teacher is hard on the voice. So you got to kind of, you got to kind of pick what, what physically you're able to do your best. Um, and I guess it's, it's, I just, I'll always have like a main rotation of like 12 songs that I'm, that are just in the forefront. Like those are my best songs right now. I'm going with them. So I, I guess it's just that what's kind of like in on the forefront and I mean, if I'm promoting a product or like a, a project that I just finished, that will take some priority. Or, or if like, I mean, for instance, if I play in Springdale, I'm 100% playing Coming Back For You. Because I lived in Springdale when I wrote that. And a lot of the kids that would come see me play, kids, I say, they're adults now. I released that song when some of these kids were grade 7, 8, and 9. 
seeing, oh, your music teacher released a song and had a good video from Heavy Weather on it that I'll still play it in Springdale every time, but I won't necessarily play it anywhere else. It just it just hits in different spots. So just knowing your market and kind of knowing what will hit well and what you think will hit well. And, and you know what? If somebody requests one of the songs and I remember it, I'll try my darndest. That must be an interesting dynamic, Bex. I mean, with, with, uh, with teaching, I mean, like you mentioned that, a lot of these kids that you taught probably 10 years ago are, are now adults. I mean, you probably see them around. I mean, if you do a show, they're still coming out to see. I mean, that must be a really neat way to kind of keep in touch with people. Like, how do, how do the kids kind of – I know I know what type of person you are. I mean, you're energetic. You're fun. I mean, the, the kids must really re- react to you pretty well, I would imagine. Well, we, we definitely – we have a good time in the classroom. We get we get stuff done, but it's all, like, with a, within a – a globe of mutual respect so it's like it's like even though i'm the teacher like you're still a person i'm a person i have feelings you have feelings right mm-hmm. and that's for a lot of students that i teach um who are of age now that can go to bar shows or come out a lot of them will come out and we we connect and first thing i say it's like man it's so sick to hang out with you on this side of adulthood right right, right? yeah and so we just we just connect that way and you know, keep in touch. And it's always I mean, interesting. I mean, I, I run into some old teachers every now and then, you know, you run into them at a bar or something like that. And it's so interesting to chat with them now because there's, to me, I mean, <laughs> they feel so much different than they did then. I mean, it felt like so much more of a, um, I, I don't know, it's just the way you, you looked at, at your teachers. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting to connect with, with, you know, all former teachers like that in, in adult, adulthood, like you mentioned. I mean, it's, that's yeah. pretty interesting dynamic, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice. With all that, I mean, you're after one, I think, is it four or five music educator of the year with Music L? I just won my fifth. Yeah, just won your fifth. I knew that. I yeah. know that. Yeah. So that's, I mean, what a feat that is. I mean, that must feel really incredible. I know that you put a lot of work in there and, 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 um, like what, what other kind of things do you do besides teaching in the classroom with regards, like you teach band and stuff like that too, right? I mean, that's, is that extracurricular yeah. stuff? So no, actually, so what I do, my program from seven, I teach at two schools, right? Okay. One's seven to nine, one's 10 to 12. The seven to nine feeds right into the 10 to 12. Wait, are you off at 12 every day? No, no, sorry. Um, seven, seven, grade seven to nine and grade oh, 10 okay. to 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, man, that'd be, that'd be so dope. I was so like, are you a teacher though. that gets off at 12 o'clock every oh, day? I wish, man, but no. So, so I get, I get the bulk of my students in grade seven when they're kids. Right. Just coming up from the the elementary school or the academy in Lewisport and so I get them from grade seven and like that's the time when they're really receptive to fun Mm -hmm. right so you make it fun give them praise when they do something good and then so it just and you get them through to grade nine and stuff like that then when they get up to grade 10 they choose to take music so so the what it is is what I teach it's all in the concert band setting so you get your instrument whether it's flute clarinet saxophone trumpet trombone baritone tuba all those band instruments right Mm -hmm. so they get that and that's what they pretty much will learn music with me on till grade 12 and obviously it's progressive right i do have a couple extracurricular programs that that i have um definitely during not covid times but um i have in the at both schools i have a jazz band Mm -hmm. so you do kind of like more advanced more fun stuff then i have choirs that i that i have where I'm not really a traditional choir guy, so it's like we we take pop songs or songs that the kids like, we sing them. Once we get them down, we're like, okay, let's talk about adding some harmonies and stuff like that. Come up with our own arrangements. 
Um, and it's really fun. And we do some real, real nice, cool stuff. And But then outside of the classroom uh, or like at the end of the day, I teach private guitar lessons. I go to students' houses to save parents from running around, right? So teach private guitar lessons, usually classical guitar because there's not really anybody around that does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I come home and sing about my feelings. <laughs> love it, man. Love it. Yeah. Uh, you did just mention COVID. I definitely, I mean, we're, uh, hilariously enough, I mean, we're just coming out of this mask mandate when this episode drops, I mean, just a couple of days, which is interesting yeah. in itself. I mean, not to get into too much political stuff, but I mean, there seem to be a lot of cases going around and all that stuff, whether you'd yeah. sit on one side of the fence or the other, but what's COVID been for like, like, like for you? I mean, as, as both an educator and as a musician, I mean, uh, I'm a musician. I mean, I felt it. I know what it's. I know what it's been like. But it's interesting to hear where it comes from from other people. So, like, you know, what what has that been like? You know, as an educator and and as a musician. I'm gonna I'm gonna do two separately. That's cool with you, man. Yeah. Um. As as an educator, it was it was really tough. It's been tough on teachers. It's been tough on students. It's been tough on admin. Tough on parents. Every every stakeholder. It's tough, right? Um, for me, in the band setting, it's been through so many different sets of regulations and and kind of like ideals that it's it's been a bit of a blur. So if I don't get it all out, I'm terribly sorry. But like when we first went back, we weren't allowed to have band, right? They were like, it's going to transmit too much airborne, all that. So I get into theory and I get into um, get into kind of just music projects but then we were allowed to play but you can only play for so long and you have to have bell covers and all this and you put you you find as many different inceptions of a band program that you can have that's what i've been through for the last two years and we're only now just starting to kind of get past that so we can have full-length rehearsals we can take the bell covers off so they sound right um but the cool thing with the band thing is, and, and I guess I'm kind of just combing over it because long story short, it's been really difficult. But the best thing is, man, we had enough of a leeway in the fall that we were a, that at my senior high level, we were able to put together a jazz band, a choir, and get the concert band ready that we actually managed to get a concert in on December 12th. <laughs> and uh, it was like December 14th is when it all just went kaput blew up again right? yeah so and we were all really lucky i mean and at the concert there was no riffraff people getting upset about mass or or uh vax pass or anything like that um and they all did it no cases came of it so we all had a real great experience with that and the kids felt great they were actually like seriously man it was so phenomenal i would show anybody those recordings because man they were dope um but then <laughs> we got awesome, back man. Then we got online and teaching band online is like near to impossible, but we still, I, my only goal is to keep the kids playing, kept them playing, loved it. Good, um, good. Yeah. As an artist, um, the first shutdown back in 2020, you know, I started really being depressed um, because you have a bunch of gigs canceled. I had a couple arts and culture center gigs just pulled out from under you. Um, I had like plenty of shows booked that just got pulled out. So I got depressed, but then I kind of linked up with Jordan Young and Richie Perez doing the COVID collection thing. And that inspired me to do my own kind of video. So I was taking originals and redoing them. And that really gave me a resurgence as an artist, um, focusing on self-recording and production and networking across the province in a different way. Um, and then uh, over the summers, kind of everything opened up and I was able to play shows. I even got in one of those arts and culture center gigs in 2020. Um, so I guess 
long story short with being an artist in COVID, necessity is the mother of invention. And I'm never going to stop playing music and I'm never going to stop trying to pursue it as a dream. So, I mean, it's been different. I haven't been on stage as much as I like to do. You know, I love playing shows. I know, Lo, you love playing shows. So I just really focused on creating and promoting on the internet as much as I could. Um, yeah, and it's it's been great. I've, I've learned a lot, but I still miss playing lots of shows. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you, man. It's it's a... Uh... And it's so weird, like, I mean, with the waves of different things that have happened, I mean, it's like up and down, then you're like, you feel like you're out of the woods, and then you go and book a bunch of shows, and like, I mean, those arts and culture center shows you had booked, they're big shows, man, there's a lot of work that goes into them, and and it's, they're good, just like, they're good ones to have on the resume, you want to feel good about those those shows, I mean, they're big concerts, yeah. right, you know what I mean, where you really get to showcase yourself properly in the way that you probably want to be showcased, you know, which is, yeah. and then it's just ups and downs, and ins and outs, and you book stuff, and it's cancelled, and all that stuff, and uh, it's 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 been tough it's been challenging there's no doubt about that like i'm i'm even like half like bummed out just like hearing you say that because <laughs> yeah. it's well i'm i'm weird like i'm bummed but i feel like i'm like i'm empathizing with you because it's like i'm there with you man it sucks and it's it's hard to hear great artists like yourself say that because it, it sucks and it's well thank really you for tough. that yeah yeah it's my pleasure um one thing i wanted to ask you about baxter was um i know that you had released a, an album uh, on a record label but you've since become an independent artist again you want to talk about that a little bit or yeah thanks man um so back in like 2016 i did a showcase for the music and l conference i think it was 2015 actually terribly sorry so i did a showcase for the music at uh, newfoundland labrador conference and it was at the ship i did that with the band that i had at the time i think it was like jordan young was on bass jason howard on drums um paul heppelston from pasadena on guitar and I had a guy named Scott Pinn playing mandolin. So anyways, um, through that showcase, I was approached by Dean Stairs, who runs the Citadel House, and asked me if I was interested in coming in and having a chat. Now, I had just moved to Lewisport, so it was kind of worked out that, you know, I lived in the area that the, the Citadel House was. So I went in and had a chat, and I, I, I felt good about it, and he asked me if I would sign to his company, and I, I did. And I spent five years and released an album a year. So I did uh, 2016, 17. I think I released two albums in 2018. One was like a live acoustic one. Um, and then the other one uh, was in 2019 was Infinity. And I would put out these records. I tore them in the, in the summer. And um, it went really great. And I learned a whole lot from them. But I think after the fifth year or the fifth release, I was just... I was really business driven um, through this process and it's, it's good to be business driven, but I, I wasn't really feeling like fulfilled as an artist. So I, I kind of, I went to their house and I, I just talked to them and I just kind of talked about how I was feeling and I just assured that it was nothing to do with them because they're really great people um, as music industry professionals at the Citadel House. They really, they do a good job and they, they promote themselves well and they promote their artists really well and it's a great support. But I was just feeling like I either needed a break or I needed to focus more on art than I did uh, the music or the, the business side. And this was in the fall of 2019. So take a couple months where I'm like directionless, playing a few gigs, not really knowing what I'm doing and the pandemic hits. And if we fast, if we rewind back to what I just said that I linked up with the COVID collection, that was where I got my kind of resurgence back as an artist. 
because I had all this time stuck in my house. We weren't teaching. I had like six months off. So I got to really focus on my craft and it felt really great to do that because um, I was happy with what I was creating. It wasn't business driven. It wasn't about like deadlines, getting it done, getting it done, make money, make money, tour, tour, tour. No, it was just like, let's make music. And I made music and it felt great. Yeah, I mean, I, that that and that's what it is. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's all about, I mean, where your head is at uh, mentally and, and, and how you want to approach yourself and, and whatever makes you feel honest about yourself. I mean, that's the biggest, yeah. that's the biggest thing there. Right. Um, I got to ask you about this, this, <laughs> uh, this February month. I mean, okay. this is absolutely nuts to me. I mean, to be able to do this, like I got, I, I have a few different questions on this angle, but first off, maybe you could explain, would you call this an RPM? Yes, only because the concept of RPM is why I wanted to do this. Um, I've done RPM like six or seven times. Maybe you could just explain what an RPM is to oh, anybody yeah. who's 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 unfamiliar. Yeah. Great. Um, so RPM stands for Record Production Month. It uh, the concept of RPM showed up in St. John's in 2008 via the Scope, which is like an arts publication, kind of similar to Exclaim on the mainland, right? So, and they put this thing out called Record Production Month. And at the time, the parameters were write, record, and release an album in the month of February, right? Or maybe it was just record and, record and release an album in the month of February. So, I think like I the whole it. idea is, is to not like kind of dig into too much, kind of basically try to do it with what you have, not to try to yeah. break your, the bank on it, but just try to be creative and try to get some stuff out of, your, out of you that you probably wouldn't have done without that, you know? Exactly. It's more like instead of like making stuff to as a business thing, we want this area, this this beautiful island to just have that much music made and thrown out to the public as possible, which um, really gave me a boost in 2008. It put put me in the scope. It put me on playlists in kitchens and people were working and I was getting people coming up on the road and be like, yeah, that's a cool record. And I was like, man, it sounds like garbage, but thank you. Um <laughs> So, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like a creation exercise is what I always considered it. And, and I've done it a bunch of times and I wanted to come up with some different ideas. 2009, I did the 10 songs released in February, but it was every song was 45 seconds or shorter. The entire record is only six minutes. That was hard. That was, it was weird, but that one, that record actually won me a Music and L award. So I, I like, don't know how that happened, but we won't get into that. But, um, so last December I was like, I'm going to do RPM this year. I said, but what am I going to do? And I was like, boom, I'm going to do a song. I'm going to write a song a day. I'm going to write, I'm going to record it right after I write it. And I'm going to release it right after I record it. And it's like only one vocal, only one guitar. It's the focus is not on production. It's literally just on the song. Whatever I'm feeling that day, sit down, get the job done, and do it right. And that's what it was, and, and that's kind of what spirited it. So, like, you know, what were some of your inspirations behind behind like like there had to be days. I mean, there's a lot of times like, you know, myself. I mean, I I, I sit down like, it's so weird with songwriting because, to me, I find songwriting when I force myself very challenging. A lot of times, 
I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would imagine that you can relate to this is that a lot of times songs just fall out. I mean, sometimes you can just pop out a song of 10 minutes and you're like, whoa, that was, that's an amazing song. I can't believe yeah. that just fell out. But when you're putting that kind of pressure on yourself to do a song every day, did you find that challenging to come up with uh, material with, with ideas, with, with chord progressions? I mean, all that stuff that had to be so difficult. It did. And I think, Oh man. Uh, okay. So like one, I, I knew I had to do it because in like December I was on, I was doing an interview with a radio station, Nova Scotia, and I brought it up. And the second I said it on air, I was like, damn, I, I have to, I have to follow through this or I'm going to seem like such a loser. So I had that, but I think, I think the big thing is, is that I didn't set any quality standards for myself. I was like, I just have to do it. It doesn't have to be good. I never have to play it again. Right. And we all can write songs like that. Right. We can just like friggin' drop something out and never use it again. So I didn't have my standard set. It was my only standard was to do it. So that definitely helped. Right. Um, right. But in terms of like what inspired like songs, you know, I would, if, if I was really, really like, having a hard go figuring something out, you know, cause it's easy to just write about how you're feeling that day. But unfortunately I don't have 28 different emotions. I don't think. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you go back in your mind, the things you want to write about um, something you hear in the news or whatever. But like, if I got really desperate, I, I just Googled like writing prompts. Yeah. Right. 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 And there's things there. And there was one day, um, there was one day where I was like, I'm going to try a, a random lyric generator, see how that goes and just improv it. Right. And then I'm going to divulge it. Like there's 28 songs released, but there's actually about 37. Cause some days <laughs> I did two. I was like, cause I did a song and I was like, man, this is so shit. So I was like, I gotta do something else. So then, so luckily, like, I think I'll just take those seven songs and you know, if there's like some sort of incentive, like a Patreon or something like that involved, I'll right. release that to Patreon or something like that with no expectations. So yeah, it's, it's hard, but like, and it's a grind, but I did it and I can grind through writing a song now. So that's cool. <laughs> no, that is great. I mean, and what an achievement. I mean, congratulations on that. I mean, it's, it's, I can't believe that uh, to me, that just seems so daunting, but I mean, to other people, I mean, just writing a song seems daunting. So, I mean, there's all kinds of different levels of, of different things. Right. But one cool thing I noticed with your, I, I seen you had posted on social media is that I know you're planning on, possibly recording re-recording some of these songs yeah. to you know in full production but you're also allowing your fans to pick what's going to be your single yeah actually it's it's actually like right now i could i could tell you what song it is because <laughs> you want to drop the news here <laughs> want me to drop the news right quick because i uh because i definitely took a look at that um i think i know which one it is it's gonna be. I'm looking at my phone, not to be rude. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, where is it? Okay, so the first one is gonna be "Due for a Redo," which I hated that song, but the people have spoken. And then the next one is gonna be called "A Letter" because I'll just pick the two. So yeah, it's that. Uh, Isn't that I interesting do... that you you didn't. It's not that you probably weren't fond of the song, but you probably thought there was different ones that probably would have fit better or however that works. Isn't that interesting how your fans, your listeners take something else out of what you might've thought, you know? Yeah. Like it's weird. And, um, I was warned this was going to happen. 
I have a friend in Halifax. Her name is uh, Mary Stewart. Uh, she used to, and I believe will eventually again run a venue in Toronto called Hughes Room. Oh yeah, yep. Ron and Hines used to play there all the time, I think. Yeah, and they still do the Ron Hines tribute there, right? Yeah. So they have, um, or she, this is going to make me seem like such a loser, by the way, but <laughs> in one year, she did the 365 songwriting challenge where you write a song every day of the year. But it didn't involve writing and recording. It's just like, or I mean, recording and releasing. Sure. Just write it. Um, and that was kind of based on Bob Dylan's saying, where it's like, if you write a song every day, you're eventually going to have one good one. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, she, she kind of told me, she's like, I did the same thing that, that you're planning to do. She's like, but just be prepared. They're going to pick a song that you have no idea that they want you to play. And I was like, damn. And it happened. It just happened. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I always find that interesting. I, I, you know, it's so funny when I'm playing a show somewhere and somebody like yells out like a deep cut, like as a request, like a, yeah. some song I've, I never ever play. I don't, I've never released a, a video or a single. And I'm like, damn, I love that. I mean, I love that that song has somehow connected with somebody else, yeah. like without, me pushing it into their face. Like, you know what I mean? They kind of found that song themselves. I always love that. Right. I do too. And I, th I think it's great. And I'll, I'll do the best I can with the song and might even get a drummer. Who knows? Like it's, it's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've been doing some like remote stuff too. Haven't you like with recording and stuff like that? Have you? Yeah. So I got, um, I, I basically got a team over COVID. I hate to bring up COVID again, but I basically assembled a team of, of artists that I trust. Um, and that also have home recording setups. Right. So I got, um, Stuart Gallant in Stephenville or Kippins to be exact. Uh, he's a drummer. He's done. He's a really. He's a trained drummer through Saint FX Music. Um, does great work, and he's got a great home recording setup. So I basically like do scratch guitar with uh, to a metronome, and he does his thing. Cool. Very and then cool. I got a guy in Cornerbrook, Rick Waterman, uh, cool. bass player, lovely, lovely individual. Um, and he, he does my bass tracking for me, or I get Claire Follett in St. John's who is like, come on, like yep. the super kid. Right. Yeah. I had Claire on the podcast. Actually. She's awesome. Oh, it's genius level, man. Yep. And, um, then I got, a I got a couple guitar players over the island. If I get people to do electric stuff, I'm good at recording my acoustic, but electric, oh, I don't know, man. It's not really my jam. So I Just get Paul, thrash zone. <laughs> yeah. Paul Heppelston out of Pasadena is my kind of go-to guy he's been uh he did some work on jerry stamps record yeah done some rocket rocket ship stuff you definitely know paul he's a, yep, a yep. lovely individual yeah and you've probably seen him on stage with me before like absolutely i think i believe i played that show with you that you were talking about earlier that music and l showcase at the ship pretty sure we were on that same bill rachel cousins on that as well and the kuba sonics was that it in, in 2014 or 2015 no, no, you're right. It's, Couldn't it was, have been then. No, it was a different gig. Okay, my my mind is gone, but it was definitely. <laughs> I'm almost certain you were there, and it was a it was a fun gig. Um, you recently bought a boat. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. But what's, yeah, I, what's up with the boat, man? That's super dude. cool. All right. So, um, first of all, we bought it off of a musician here in Newfoundland, Mike McDonald, out of Twillingate. Yep. It was his boat, or him and his. Uh, his partner's family owned it and they sold it to us. We, um, the wife and I, when COVID hit, I hate to freaking, no, no, man, COVID, it's part of, COVID, it's COVID part of life. My life. <laughs> it's part of life. <laughs> so it like, is what it is. So we really got into watching videos on off grid living, tiny homes, 
And then it got into sailboating, cruising life, right? People traveling the world on their sailboats, uh, living off grid, you know, with solar power um, and just cruising around the world. Specifically, the one that we followed the most was a channel called SV Delos, uh, which is, is a story of like two brothers who started sailing in Seattle, circumnavigated around the world. In the travels, Buddy found a girlfriend. They got married. They had a kid. So like right now in the stage, they're like the boating is like showing life with their like raising a child on a boat. Uh, they're currently in Panama, right? But <clears throat> so we got really interested in this and, and really started researching sailing. We're like, you know what? We've never sailed. We want to buy a boat. <laughs> so we were like, we could never afford it. And then my wife is a finance with She was like, let's do it. We can do it. So we bought the boat. Um, we bought it in Twillingate. We did a bunch of work on it up there, not knowing very much, getting a lot of help from people on the dockyard. Then we had the boat actually uh, put on a flatbed and brought here to the Lewisport Marina, which is the largest marina in Atlantic Canada. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. And so from there, we just kind of learned a lot about maintenance ourselves. Um, we got the boat in the water with the mast up. And when the mast got put up, we didn't put it up right. So the mast, <laughs> so the mast fell and bent. Friggin' mast fell and bent, right? So we had to have the mast removed from the boat, but we're still in the water, and we were like, "Well, we have to get the mast fixed." So we got it fixed. But in the time it was getting fixed, we learned how to motor the boat, right, uh, and to move it without sails. So we just wanted to kind of get used to it, and um, we took it out probably about a dozen times over the summer, and really felt good with it and uh, we would go down to the marina on like a friday night and just spend the night on the boats like our cabin yeah so uh yeah we it's just something i think my like i came into my relationship with my wife having music as my big thing and she had a couple of things and i had a couple of things but nothing that we did together so mm -hmm. we wanted to have this that we both started off fresh that we do together so it, it's you know, the lifelong plan is to eventually sell everything, sell the house, sell the cars, um, and buy a bigger boat and go on. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. That's really, really cool. Um, maybe you can take me out on your boat someday. I was literally about to offer anytime <laughs> you're in central over the summer, come on down by let's got a barbecue on the back too. We can have some sausages, burgers. Fries. <laughs> I mean, um, I would, I would be honored to hang out with you on my boat. No, man, that'd be fun. I will definitely, uh, I will definitely keep you posted if I'm, if I'm out your way. That would be, uh, yeah, sure. that'd be really fun. Um, this is awesome, Bex. Thanks so much for, uh, for popping in today, uh, and chatting all your music by all means. Um, um, I do have, I, I've been doing this little fun segment. Oh, a little refresh, nice. I've been this doing is like uh, a vocal spray I use sometimes. Okay, um, <clears throat> mine is Jameson. <laughs> man i like I, I gotta tell you like i don't i don't drink really at all i remember you saying that last time we were we were chatting yeah i went out to a buddy's cabin the weekend and there was like 10 of us and everybody was just going at it right and all i said when i got there i was like i just want to play guitar and eat right right so that's all i did i didn't have one drink i like yeah. i could have but yeah. i just um uh, they're just vibing the tunes. Yeah, and hey, nothing wrong with that. Um, a real fun thing I've been doing, or I've been trying to do, anyways, with this yeah. with this season of of the podcast, I've been doing like this rapid fire questions segment. I mean, it's all just kind of no holds barred, bit of fun. I mean, um, 
it, you don't have to just nail one, say it, and, and move on. We can chat about it for a second or two, but it's just kind of sure. something, something a little bit fun, okay? Great. Uh, yeah. are, are you ready for this segment? Definitely. I right. love I love podcast games. Okay, I, uh... rapid fire questions with uh, Mr. Adam Baxter. Um, here's the first question. If you never played and taught music for a living, what would you be? A uh, Taekwondo instructor. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're big in Taekwondo. I mean, you still, uh, yeah. you do a lot of that stuff in your basement still. You like the kick bag down there and stuff, don't you? Yeah, I, I do when my knees work. Uh, now that right. winter's come to an end, they feel a lot better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a two-time Canadian Taekwondo champion as a, as a junior and in 1998 world quarter finalist. I was like, that was what my path was going to be, but music really just kind of took it on me, man. So cool, martial cool. arts instructor. And if not that, probably a farmer. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you grew up on a farm, right? Dairy farm, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Um, all right. Who is your favorite songwriter currently? Oh, David. Um, okay. Or somebody you've been listening to a lot lately or anything like that. Uh, okay. A big fan of Noah Gunderson. Oh, I love Noah Gunderson. Oh, so good. Yep. Um, can I take a second look at my Spotify? Sure, absolutely. Because no, there's definitely like a couple to be. there. <laughs> I got, I got near I, the only place I have to be is downstairs working out, but I'll do that later. Um, I got butter chicken to have. I had butter chicken for lunch. Nice. Not even going to fit, man. Um, there's a group called Matthew and the Atlas. They're like an indie yep. band. I really like their stuff. Um, Vi Oh dude, Tim Baker. He's so good. I, I totally, I, I totally agree. It's funny. Cause I have another question in the end of this here. We'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep moving on here. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I asked you this, I asked you this, uh, the other day, but I, I wanted to ask you over the podcast for our listeners yeah. here. What is your ideal party lunch? And for anybody who's wondering a party lunch consists <sighs> of three items. That is your favorite. That is your favorite snack. Yeah. And, what is your ideal? My... What is your ideal party lunch? Okay, so my my question of this is always chips pop in a bar. I played as a game in a class, right? <laughs> There's no point. But if I were to go, if I were going to the store, right, and I had like twenty bucks and I was getting, okay, I would get a cold tin of coke, classic. I want a I want a bag of Miss Vicky's spicy dill pickle. Nice, so good. Uh, I'll take a Snickers bar if I'm not around anybody with a peanut allergy. <laughs> How considerate of you! <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to think of those high chew things. You know those? I do know those. Yeah, they're yeah. deadly. They and I also, deadly, I yeah. think, I think I want a three dollar bingo or a three dollar crossword. Ah, uh, can't go wrong with a scratchy. Can't go wrong with a scratchy. Yeah. Oh, and and what? Like that's what I had like the other day with the wife. And it's deadly. I was reading today on um, on Twitter or something like that that. Um, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon is currently yeah. on life support and doesn't look promising. I think he had three heart attacks. So my question for you is, would you choose Razor Ramon or Diesel? <laughs> anybody who's not, anybody who's listening to this right now, um, just listen to the audio file, go to my YouTube page and check out this segment right now and see what Baxter's got in his hands. I literally keep this behind me at all times in case I'm <laughs> on a thing that, that does that. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with 1993 Razor Ramon. The bad especially, guy. Especially like Royal Rumble 93 match with Bret Hart. Even though he didn't win it, what a match. Oh, yeah, big right? time. 
And then, I mean, you got the ladder match, WrestleMania oh. 10. Like, One of the best matches of all time. Of all times. So, like, I mean, I listen, I know Scott Hall had his problems, but I think in the grand scheme of things, he was an amazing worker. Um, and performer, end, man. His 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 oh. bit was so good. His bit was so good, right? Chico. Yeah, I mean, he right. was like the he was like the bad guy before like NWO became the bad guys of, of wrestling kind of thing. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? And like, and I, I gotta say, like Nash in a hall with the NWO WCW thing, brilliant. Yeah, actually, uh, um, uh, Kevin Nash he actually posted a, a pretty pretty nice thing on on Scott Hall. I just seen that on uh, on Twitter recently as well. You should check it out after this. I 100% um, will. All right, next question. Could you beat me in a game of tennis? Yes. <laughs> I play tennis every day. I know you wall. do. I know you do. Yeah, yeah. I love so when I, you play. So I've I played. I, I actually played a lot growing up. I haven't played as much recently. Um, I actually play squash more than anything, which is a laugh. I mean, we go up to Mon all the time and play squash. But if I come out for a boat ride, we'll have to get in a little uh, little game. Yes, I would love to play. You, you might beat me, honestly. I'm not that good. But I really love it, and I work on it every day. But what I play in my basement against the wall is more like squash than it is tennis. Right? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, would you rather, would you, sorry, would you rather write songs solo or would you rather collaborate with artists? Both. Yeah. I, I hate to pull that card. Um, I like the intimacy of writing a song by yourself, but I also like the collaboration and what you get like from other people, like in their styles that you get from that. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I have to go with both. I can't pick fair. between my Anything's two. fair. Yep. Anything's fair. Anything goes. No rules here. Um, uh, where are my two here? Uh, okay. Um, would you rather pick... Sorry. How am I going to... Would you rather Mary Browns or KFC? Mary Browns. <laughs> I, I know I'm from the mainland, but come on. I got sense. I, I'm waiting for the person to tell me KFC, and I'm just going to end... I'm going to end the podcast just right there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, Listen, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. KFC has its place too. There's, I don't, I don't mind to feed a KFC man, uh, and they also have Mountain Dew uh, on uh, like in the fountain. I was, yeah, fountain. I couldn't That's find cool. that word. Yeah, I couldn't. I was, I was gonna say on tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got Black Horse back there too. What are you? <laughs> uh, where's your favorite place to travel in Canada? Oh, bro, don't do that. Um. Heart's always in middle to Nova Scotia where mom and dad are, but I'm going to put that off the plate. My favorite place. Not to play, like to travel, to to to, va to vacation, like to Ooh. go and see and hang out and enjoy. I really love, I love Cape Breton. I think that's beautiful. Um, I really like, I played there a bunch, but I always had great vibes. I love Miramichi, New Brunswick. Cool, cool. Um, give her on the river, they say there. <laughs> okay. And yeah, it's I've always just I've always had good vibes. I mean, I guess I like small towns, and not that Miramichi is a crazy small town in relation to where I'm from, but like, you know, I like I like it. Um, I find like traveling is more about. No, I'm changing. I'm changing my answer. Burgio, Newfoundland. Okay. Boom. <laughs> okay. Done. Boom. Burgio. Um, <laughs> Pennywise or bad religion? Bad religion. I'm with you there as well. No questions asked, buddy. Yeah. Harmonies for days. Yeah, they're incredible. I mean, still doing it too, man. Like, still just banging it out. I mean, it's absolutely I, awesome. Oh, it's all good. And they got they got such a songwriting formula. It's like, graphing can just like done. I know, I know, Here, I know. Here's a song. Um, last question for uh, the rapid fire question segment. 
Um, who is a musician in Newfoundland that you think people should listen to or check out? Okay, well, Dave Whitty. Um, uh, okay, up and coming. I'm going to give you some names here now. There's a singer-songwriter here in Lewisport. She's in grade 12. Her name is Regan Holmes. Her uncle is Michael Kirby. Oh, yeah, nice. Okay? Yep. Keep that name. Kid is the most natural, awesome writer I've ever heard. I love cool. it. Awesome. Um, there's Tim Baker, obviously, that I, that I made mention of, but a lot of people know Tim, so I don't need to plug that man. Um, goodness gracious. Uh, there's a band in Cornerbrook called The Proper Things that I think have a really great record right now, produced by uh, Phil Churchill from The Once. Mm -hmm. um, great album. Really vibing the guts out of it. There's a, there's a band. Okay, I got to tell you about this. There's a band in Marystown, right? And they only really play in the Beer and Peninsula. And I, I, I hate their name. Their name's Skitter Pup. But my dude, they are like the best like bar rock band you'll ever hear. Three piece, nailing it. Cool. They're so good. Well, that's awesome. And, I mean, that's some, that's some good recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I get, I, I'm going to leave it at that. I guess those are, those are like three kind of like under the radar groups right now. I could say Nick Earl and everybody loves Nick Earl. Right? Absolutely. But, no, Nick's one of the best. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. Actually caught uh, a few Nick Earl tunes last night. Oh, were you at Rob's uh, studio? Were you? No, I was um, at Greensleeves <laughs> at the pub. <laughs> Not bad. No, yeah. There's there's a lot of really great artists uh, that are that are in Newfoundland. What a, what a crazy musically rich area of the world this is. Uh, I think you and I both understand how blessed we are. Um, and there's not a lot of, I, I find there's, there's less going on right now because of COVID. Also the band swimming. Oh yeah. They rule. Jacob yeah. Sherwood's band. Holy yep. crap. They're so right up my 1990s emo kid alley. Yeah. I seen they're playing. Oh, they're opening, opening for, for Novax. Yeah. I seen that yeah. at the rock house. It's going to be an awesome show. I gotta get Mick yeah. on this. I gotta get Mick on the podcast too. I said this last, last episode yeah. as well. Mick's uh, Mick be a great person to get on as well. Oh, uh, Baxter, God. it's been absolutely fantastic and lovely to catch up always a treat um where can everybody find adam baxter and and where can everybody find this uh this 28 new songs and, and where can we listen to adam baxter so i guess the the hub of all internet content is the website adambaxtermusic.com um you can find me on all socials uh using the handle at adam baxter music and that's even my space tiktok the whole thing but if you want to find the 28 songs in 28 days I've left it only on Bandcamp, which is at adambaxtermusic.bandcamp.com, right? So, um, and listen, if, if you're having trouble finding it, go to the website or find me on Facebook, Instagram or anything and find me a message. I'd love to get it there for you. Um, it might go up on Spotify, but I don't know. I'm, it's, it's making good money where it is, so I don't nice. want to move it just yet, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. That's uh, that's the way to do it. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you're, you're super busy and got a lot on the go, but uh, really appreciate you taking the time to be able to have a little chat with me today. Awesome. Man, Great catching I, up. I could, I could do this for another couple hours, so <laughs> give me a call if you're bored, right? <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll chat. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks again. Thank you so much. So Great chat. All right. Cheers. Huge thanks to Adam for coming on there. Uh, always great catching up with Bax. I mean, we've been friends for a long time, like I mentioned. And, and you know, we, uh, we've we done a ton of shows over the years. Um, 
and he works harder than probably anybody in the music business, especially on the island. I mean, he has a ton of uh, so much material out there. I was going down through his song list. I couldn't believe how many songs he has released and recorded and available to listen to. Plus, that project in February is just so daunting to me. I'm, you know, very, very impressive. And, um, you know, Baxter's just easygoing guy, awesome to chat with, um, you know, does great things within the school and, and uh, you know, he's an educator. He's won a ton of awards for that. So uh, make sure you do check out Baxter's music online and, and check Adam out on uh, his website and all the social media channels. Um, that about does it for me, guys. Want to say a big shout out to Lambs Rum again for jumping on board with this podcast. Uh, great collaboration. Great to work with them. And uh, make sure you get a drop of Lambs and yeah. Um, that about does it for me, guys, from downtown St. John's, Newfoundland. I'm Dave Witty. Peace.